back with Million Dollar Agent, Episode 2, 2015. It's flying, Johnny, isn't it? How are you going? Year's flying, I love it. Yeah, well, the weather's still good. You've got to be careful, you know, because sometimes you blink and it's March, and then it's Easter, and then it's halfway through the year sort of thing. So if people are hearing stuff they like, there's no time like right now. You've got to actually put this stuff into action. So if you're driving, you know, don't write while you're driving, but if you're driving and you think of something, pull over, write it down, and just do it today. I think it's really important to get a sense of urgency into your Doing learning. it now is a habit, isn't it too, John? Like, people do make waiting a habit. They sort of, procrastination becomes a habit. Doing it now, people that get things done appear to be people that have created a habit where, uh, when Straight they know that's, yeah, they just, they just do it. They Straight don't away. seem to think about it. Yeah, well, I mean, Troy knows I drive everyone crazy in the office because when I have an idea, I want it done today. And tomorrow's too late, and why haven't we done it yet? And, and you know, I, I don't mean to annoy and drive people crazy, but I also know that if an idea doesn't get activated and energised, if you don't press the button, we're all busy tomorrow. We're going to have a whole range of new phone calls and thoughts tomorrow. If you think of a good one today, you've got to activate and you've got to do something. So good way to start the podcast, I think, is make sure if you like what you hear, you actually start doing it today. One of the things we know, John, is when you do the first action it forces a second action. Yeah. And I think some people worry about the 20th action, so they never do the first action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 80% of winning is beginning with most things, you know. If you get started, it's once you've got momentum, it's addictive when you're succeeding, you know, no Correct. matter what it is. John, we're going to do one of our favourite things on this podcast, and we're going to actually answer questions from real people that are sitting in front of vendors and buyers and walking into their real estate offices with challenges and dilemmas, and it's our Q&A podcast, and we're going to try and get through a few questions. Good. Uh, John, the, uh, this question's come in uh, from someone that has talked about their personal assistant. It says, what's the best way to use an assistant? My assistant is great at cold calling and generating leads, but useless at admin. Should I get him to stop the admin and just focus on the lead generation? So it's this whole question about how to work effectively with an assistant. Yeah, and, and I'll add to that, and, and sorry to sort of edit this person's question, but I'll add to that another thing people often ask me is when is the right time to, to hire my first assistant? And the answer is there's no answer for that. You, you know, there's going to be a little bit of science and a bit of art to it, but most people know when they're getting to a point of um, saturation and peak performance and they need to go to the next level, they're probably going to need a hand to do that. So generally speaking, it sounds like this person has hired someone who is good in the sales role but not good in the admin, probably not the ideal textbook way to do it. The first assistant that I would say as you're building a team should take away all your paperwork, all your admin, so it frees you up to do that stuff. Because I'm assuming if you're listening and you're a sales agent, you're pretty good at prospecting, selling, negotiating and marketing and so forth, but you're probably pretty lousy at admin and, and some of the yeah. detailed stuff. That tends to be the way it goes. So. First thing I would say is if, if you're ready to hire your first assistant, you probably should be looking at someone to take all the admin away. Then when, you, when, that, when that activity helps you grow your business the next, then you can hire someone to help you do the prospecting and even do some of the listing and selling themselves. Anyway, let's try and deal with this particular issue um, because this is the question that's come in. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind, and you and I don't pre-rehearse any of these. No. That's the first time I've actually heard that question. So I'll just give you the first thoughts that come to mind for me. Um, it's going to be hard to get someone who's terrible at admin to actually 
take it up. So there is a bit of a problem inherent in this question that they're stuck right now with someone and they may not be able to afford and they may not need a second assistant, but they probably really need someone to take the admin because if the person that you've hired as your assistant is not doing the admin, guess who's going to do it? Yourself. You're going to keep doing it. So that really isn't the purpose of building a team. So I think you've really got to um, get whoever you've hired to take the admin on. They need to force themselves to do it. And most of us can do admin. It's just not as fun as prospecting, listing and selling. Mm. So we kind of get away. But you've got to go through the discipline. We can't all do the things that are the most fun to do all the time. Sometimes we just need to do what we have to do. So unless you're prepared to do it, which you probably aren't and shouldn't be, I think you've got to get them doing that. But as you build your team and as you hire your next recruit, just remember is you either have an assistant for admin and marketing or you have an assistant for helping you sell prospect list. Um, and I think in this instance, they've probably hired a little bit back to front, which is a bit of a problem. And it's a good learning, John, for recruitment. So when you're recruiting, I think you've got to know what you suck at. You yeah. know? It's really useful to know what you're not good at. Yeah. And then not to hire someone that's like you that probably sucks at that as well. Yeah. You're probably picking someone that's actually good at the thing that you suck at. Well, Tom, uh, you and I see that probably one of the agent's greatest weaknesses is hiring the wrong yeah. assistant. So this question, I'm sure if thousands of people that are listening to this have got the same problem. And managing. When you think about it, the average agent, you know, like me and like you, probably didn't come from a corporate background and educated around the world of business and management. You know, you're a technician, you found yourself to be a good real estate agent, and then all of a sudden you needed to hire someone, so you just found the closest warm body that could fill that role. That's kind of how it happens. Yeah. Not a great strategy. So I really encourage people to spend the time to do a job definition role. Yeah. So what are, what are the things you're going to expect this? Um, think about it. What are the skills? What are the personality traits you're looking for? And even get some outside help. Um, you know, there are there are recruiters out there. Sharon Benny, who's a good friend of mine, yeah. you know well. Tom Sharon yeah. does this for people. There there are other people in this space. I know golf recruitment is is very big in the real estate world. So, you know, think about hiring. And some people say, oh God, you know, I've got to pay five or ten or fifteen thousand dollars. Well, it's actually better than hiring two or three of the wrong ones and having to deal with that. That's a much more expensive mistake. So consider, make sure if you're not going to get someone to help you that you have a really good job specific details jotted down. Um, potentially hire someone to help you. And then put the effort into managing that person so they're actually aligned to your vision, they're aligned to what your plans are. Get them involved. A lot of agents, they almost treat their, their assistants like mannequins, like they, they don't tell them anything. It's almost like they just sit there and they expect them to type. You know, assistants want to know what they want to feel a part of what's going on. They want to be able to know where the business is going, what's their role, what's their future. I mean, Matt LaHood, who's our sales director, Matt's had some of the best assistants over the years of anyone I've known. And he sits down with them and he said, let's talk about your three to five year career plan working for me. And, and he takes them through, where do you want to get to? Do you want to be an agent? Do you want to be in a corporate administration? What do you want to do? And he helps them grow their career. And he's had some of the best assistants in Australia because he takes the time to nurture them and grow them and, and, and he sort of has them excited about their future just as excited as he is about his own. Okay, beautiful, John. I think uh, what we see, all the million dollar agents... Sharon Benny, she could be a sponsor. Well, and she could be. I don't know... She's just got to plug for nothing. Well, that's Can we invoice we, it? Oh, no, we, it doesn't we, work like no, that, does it, Troy? We value add before we come into the arrangement. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So, um, no, but you should use Sharon. She's very, very good. So, John, 
All the great agents that we meet, the million dollar agents, seem to do three things that they focus on. They talk to potential vendors, they talk to buyers, and they talk to their current vendors, but they do large volumes of those conversations. Correct. And they've got people that are preparing presentation materials, preparing their paperwork, doing a lot of follow-up. I'm just going through a position description here as I'm looking at... What, for a, an assistant? For an assistant. I'm yeah. just looking at all the stuff that they do. And I've got to tell you, there's a lot of work. If you're doing a million dollars in gross commission income... Could we put a simple version of that? I don't know who's that will, is. Up on your website? I will put that... I up. love giving people those tools because yeah. a lot of people say, where do I start with a job? I mean, if you haven't got one or if that's not appropriate, yeah. we can give you one. But I'd really love our listeners to be able to go to your website and download... A, a PDF or something. Under free tools, million dollar agent, I will have a summarised version of the position descriptions that you'd want to give your assistant tomorrow if you download it and said, do I, this. I've got to say the other reason, Tom, obviously an assistant leverages you and you know, leverage means that it allows you to grow your business by doing what you're good at, I guess, in that context. Right now, in 2015 and beyond, one of the key skills is speed. The speed at which you get things done puts you ahead of the pack. Yeah. Now, a lot of agents now, they go to a listing. Most people don't necessarily make a decision on the spot. They want to interview three or four agents, talk to their partner, talk to their advisor, you know, think about it for a day or two. What do you do after the listing is so critical? Mm-hmm. So the, reason, the way you can get back to people quickly is having a great assistant, a great team, a system, and freeing you up to do stuff. So if you're a terrific agent, you've been to a listing, you want to get back to the office. If you haven't listed it, give a summary. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's the name of a stylist I recommend. Here's a few tips on presenting your home. I'd like to come back with my sales manager. All those sort of things. I mean, the speed at which you get back to people is critical. So I think you've got to have an assistant going forward. I think, John, when you're getting back to people quickly, you're getting back to people when they're in the state to do business with you because... Um, if they've just called you and you're calling them back, they're in that frame of mind. If you're calling them back a day later, they could have flown up to another state doing yeah. something there. Um, and as one client said to me once at a cafe, he said, the reason I went with this agent, and it was, by the way, it was a McGrath agent, um, he said, I went with the agent because they got back to me first. I said, why would that be an issue? He said... I thought to myself, if they're like that now, yeah. they'll be like that afterwards. Correct. And funny enough, I know we're a little getting a bit off track in this here, but the same reason when you're negotiating fees, a lot of people choose you because you're good at negotiating your own fee. And, and this, I've heard the same thing, you know. I asked this agent, what would they do? They went from two and a half to one and a half in a nanosecond. I asked the other agent, they say, no, I don't negotiate. Here's the reasons that I believe I'm worth great value at two and a half percent. Um, and they saw that as a showing of strength and someone who's confident that would protect their fee when it came, or their, their price. So, so they're I, looking at the behaviour, aren't they? They're, they're looking not looking at, the at what you're just going to spur it off and say, pick me for these reasons, but they're actually looking at the way that you behave Correct. in your ordinary business. Correct. John, let's move on to question number two. This one has come from uh, obviously a young new agent that's asked for some scripts and dialogues help. He says, one question I thought that would be difficult to handle for a new recruit is, I haven't seen much of your name around. How long have you been selling houses? And can you show me some examples of good results? So, you know, deviation... May not be a young agent. Could just be a new agent. Could be a new agent, correct. So this is interesting. Um, and, and probably, I would imagine, statistically, 33% of our listeners are somewhat newish. Because a lot of new people, they're looking for new information. So it's yeah. probably quite possible. Um, 
I, I, I think back to when I started, Tom, and um, I was up against an agent called Di Jones, who, as you know, is now retired from the industry, yeah. but very, very good agent. I think one of the best we've seen in decades. Her company still continues under her daughter, but I, I had to compete when I was 20 against Di Jones. And, you know, I was fortunate. I got a good market share and I did very well. She was a tough competitor. I used to go in and, and right up front, I would be very honest with people. And I'd say, Tom, I need to let you know that I'm actually only six months in the industry. So one of the things I can't offer you is the same experience and track record that some of my competitors can offer you. So I was up front. I think if you, if you take control of the positioning and the framing, you're in front. If you wait for them to ask a question or hope they don't, and they're going to. I mean, people nowadays, especially nowadays with the internet, being able to look at your site and what have you sold and what have you got listed. So people know everything there is to know. So you better be up front. So I'd say, look, just want to let you know that, you know, I'm excited. I've made the transition to real estate. I used to be a flight attendant six months ago. I've just got into the industry and I'm loving it. So what I can't offer you is 20 years track record and I can't offer you, you know, 100 names of people that I've, I've served. But here are the things that I can offer you right now. And I used to talk to people about my enthusiasm, my energy, um, my buyer servicing, uh, my focus and attention. And I'd say, look, I haven't got 20 listings. At the moment, I've got two. If I was fortunate enough to list your property, you'd be my third. But here's what I'm going to do. You know, and I would then talk them through the process. And people just love the honesty. So new business energy, passion and enthusiasm Correct. as a strength, not as a weakness. Yeah, and, and just be honest about it. And just say, look, if you're looking for someone that's got a track record that's sold 100 homes in the area, I, I'm not that person. But if you're looking for someone that's going to service you like no other, that's going to follow through every single buyer, that's going to do the best open for inspections you've ever heard of, that's, that's really got some strong negotiation strategies, and, and I'll tell, talk those through. If you're looking for that, I'm your agent, and I'd like to apply for the job here and now. So I think you've just got to be honest, because people know. They know if you're inexperienced, but what they're looking for is someone that's enthusiastic. And obviously, you've got to have a level of capability. If it's pure enthusiasm and nothing else, well, that's probably not going to be enough for most people. But if you're getting into the industry, you should have done the hard work to give yourself sufficient skills and sufficient product knowledge to be you know, at that competent level at very least. Do you think, John, that uh, the added layer of when you're working for a, a business, people know that a person is part of a unit and that unit probably has got processes. So in many ways yep. they're listing with two things. They're listing with an organisation that's got a process and a system and they're listing with a, a human being that is part of that process and system yep. that's going to facilitate it. So one of the things we notice a lot of a lot of people when they they are brand new they 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 talk about we've achieved these results we and they yeah. they talk about the our market, company holds our these company. records yeah Tom I remember exactly what you said it's a great point it takes me back to Eric last year when Jordan Belfort presented to I thought dynamic yeah. ninety minute the presentations most, the most controversial speaker ended up being one of the best content speakers oh, in history well that's why of course I hired him up front because I didn't know about all the other stuff but. And I think he delivered. If you can get rid, of, if you get rid of any preconception you had about his past, which is pretty horrific, of course, and he admits to that, I think the content was great. And, and a couple of things stood out for me. Number one, as he said, there are three sales you've got to make. You've got to sell yourself. You've got to sell your company. Then you've got to sell the service. Now, I find most agents don't do that. In fact, most of them actually only sell one. Yeah. So. You know, Tom, what I'd like to do is tell you a little bit about my background. If, you're, if I'm going to be representing you, and it's an important representation, 
I want to tell you a little bit about how I operate, some of my values, what I believe in, and how I would work with you. Two is I'd like to tell you, obviously you've heard about our company, and, and you mentioned to me you might have dealt with us 10 years ago, but I'd like to tell you a bit about how we work internally yeah. and some of the things that we offer our client base and a bit more about our team and how we work together. And the third is I'd like to talk you through the process of if you were to put me to work tonight, exactly what's going to happen. I'd like to tell you the detail of that because it's very important that you understand what would happen next. So, you know, sell yourself, sell your company and sell the service or, or process that you offer people. You know, if you do that, if you've been in the industry five minutes, you're going to win 60-70% of listings. Yeah. Because 90% of agents are not selling themselves, selling their company or selling their process. In fact, the, the most competent agents often and the most experienced and even the most successful, they get lazy. Yeah. They get complacent. They get yeah. sloppy. Yeah. They walk in, they've got a little bit hint of arrogance. They don't sell themselves. They figure that you know them or all they do is sell themselves. They don't sell their company because their egos are bigger than their company now. Yeah. And they don't talk about the process because they're busy getting ready for their next appointment. And they're going to figure, oh, well, you, you must know about how this whole thing works. So I, I find one of the beauties of a, of a new agent is you're more thorough. Yeah. You actually talk people through it. You take time to explain things. So I think whoever wrote that letter is potentially at a huge advantage right now. The other thing, of course, is agents that have been in the game a long time. Yeah. Technology and some of the new things that are working today for agents are not their strength. New people coming in, this is all they know. You know, is the new way of selling and the new tools that are available, the new approaches and so forth. So, so John, some to our, uh, our experienced listeners out there, this has been a good question because maybe they're that dominant agent that is experienced, that maybe that's saying nothing breeds failure like success. Maybe they're the ones that are saying, you know what, don't worry too much about the company. Don't worry too much about the process. They've got me in. That's what they've got me in there for. Yeah. And maybe they're just taking for granted that the consumer out there is actually putting a checklist against everything when they're interviewing three agents. So maybe it's just a wake-up call to the experienced agents as well. Have, what have you stopped doing that got you successful in the first place? Yeah, and, and hence the new business energy is when someone gets into the industry for the first time, they've got this infectious enthusiasm. So it's really, uh, I, think, I, I think if anything, if you're a new agent, I wouldn't see it that you're at a disadvantage. I think in some ways you're probably at an advantage. Okay, John, we got our 20-minute signal again. We've again. done two questions. Doesn't time fly when you're enjoying what you're talking yeah, about? We've got, you know what we're going to do? We're going to hold this question off to our next uh, podcast. It's a great question, unless I, I've gone good at body language. John's, John's tempted. He wants to answer this one here. He's looking at this question here. No, I don't want to upset Troy, you know, because he's the man that pushes those buttons and... and uh, I think we better uh, keep it till next week. Okay, Troy Malcolm has uh, pushed his authority once again on the <laughs> podcast. We want to wish our listeners all the best. Enjoy the weather and most importantly, hope you have started strong the way you start your years, the way your year unfolds. Johnny, see you next week. See you, Tom.